It's Tuesday, July 13th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the Indians continue in the draft. Uh, it's sort of a, uh, a weird pattern across the, the first, you know, maybe two days of the draft where they drafted 10 out of 11 college pitchers with their, their selections. Uh, things have, have sort of settled into a little bit more, uh, you know, more traditional pattern for uh, the subsequent rounds, but uh, they have taken a few position players. I think most recently uh, they did take a college outfielder. Yeah, but it's still the third, the third and final day of the draft, Joe, has been dominated by college pitching again. Um, I think uh, out of the, uh, what, uh, from the 11th through the, from the 11th through the 18th round, uh, the Indians took, um, let's see, one uh, one position player. The rest were the rest were college pitchers or a high school pitcher. So I mean, they just are loading up on pitching. And uh, I, you know, uh, Scott Barnsby said yesterday, uh, the Indians' director of uh, amateur scouting uh, said this is a you know this draft was uh, deep in in college pitching, and uh, you know that's when when their turn to came up. Uh, to draft every time on the board, their their best player available was a college pitcher. Um, I don't know. I guess it's like the shortstops when they went uh, crazy about shortstops with they couldn't get enough shortstops. So now they're uh, stockpiling of starting pitchers. And it seemed like uh, Joe just listening to the other teams. You know, lots and lots of college pitchers were taken. Not didn't seem like many uh, outfielders. You know, infielders, position players were taken at all. I know, but the first pick, obviously, in, in the overall draft was a catcher. But after that, it was dominated by pitchers. Yeah, you're going to need to draft catchers to catch all these pitchers. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it represents a departure for the Indians from maybe the last six, seven, eight years where they were taking high school players with high talent ceilings. And, you know, they drafted a Carson Tucker, a shortstop. Uh, they drafted a bone nailer, uh, a catcher. And, you know, put those guys in the minor league system, let them develop. It looks like they're putting out the call for, Hey, we need guys who are going to be major league ready in a couple of seasons. Yeah, I, I think so. I definitely think so, Joe. And, and with in, uh, in taking all these pitchers, I think, you know, you know, you play that game with the first 10, 10 rounds, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to spend your bonus pool in that, in that, in those, you know, 10 picks or 11 picks, if you have a, you know, a competitive balance pick. And uh, I think some of these pitchers, you know, are kind of, you know, not, you know, on the A-list where, where you, they're seniors or, you know, they're juniors or they want to come out so you can pay them a little less where, and where you can go and get you, get the guy you really want to pay him a little more above slot and uh, while, while you pay some guys below slot. So I think that that is in play here as well. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, strategies for a team that's that's cost conscious and, and it wants to sort of ensure that maybe some of that talent that, that does eventually come up isn't they're not overextending themselves to sort of, you know, pay the salaries and, uh, you know, with bonuses and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, just looks like it just looks like as an organization, you know, one minute it's shortstops. Shortstop, 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 all, all, all up the board. And then the next minute, it's pitcher, pitcher, pitcher from college. It, it, I, 
if it works out great, you know, these are still the guys that, who were the architects of a 2016 draft that gave you Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, Zach Plesak and Nolan Jones. So uh, let's, let, let's see what they manage to, to turn over in this, you know, this draft in a couple of years. Yeah. You know, they, they definitely have, you know, the reputation of uh, developing pitchers and uh, college pitchers in particular. And uh, they've got a bunch to develop right now. I mean, you know, uh, Gavin Williams, the number one pick is, is supposed to be a stud, you know, 6'6", 240 out of East Carolina. And, uh, you know, they just go right down the list. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting draft, an interesting strategy. And, you know, obviously, as we, as we saw this year, you know, you can never have too much pitching and, uh, you know, they need it. So maybe this is restocking the pop, the pipeline here. All right. Well, uh, in, in minor league news, I guess, uh, which is the next step for these, all these guys who are getting drafted, uh, Tanner Burns, who was one their, their top pick last year. Uh, it was a college pitcher as well. One of their top picks last year. Um, he, along with, First round pick from 2019, Daniel Espino, were both just promoted from, I believe, from Lynchburg to Lake County. And they'll be, you know, presumably spending the rest of the season at high A in Lake County. So if anybody uh, living in the Cleveland area wants to go uh, spend a night uh, checking out some, some fun baseball, uh, grab a captain's game, see Daniel Espino and Tanner Burns uh, pitch games for the captains. Could also be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, another another pitcher from that class, uh, last year's class, Logan Logan Allen. Not the Logan Allen in Columbus, but I think he just got promoted to Akron, and he's right. having a really he's having a big year. Uh, I think he's four o four and o six and o something like that. He's so he's pitching very well. I can't remember if that's Logan T Allen or Logan S Allen. I'm yeah, I think not, it's Logan T Allen. Logan, Logan T, T Allen is the younger one, and he's yeah. the, they're both lefties. And uh, uh, Logan T. Allen is at Akron now. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot of opportunities to see some of these guys who were or were recent draftees. I also think uh, Carson Tucker, last year's number one pick, the shortstop, uh, had either his first uh, professional hit or, or home run uh, in uh, playing for the Arizona League, uh, the Rookie League Indians. Uh, so, uh, and, and Petey Halpin, the, uh, the, the outfielder that they drafted last year also doing pretty well out there in Arizona. Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, uh, Car- uh, Carson Tucker homered a while ago. Uh, yeah, there's, but the one kid, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Isaiah Green, um, one of the outfielders they, they uh, got, in, or one of the younger prospects they got in the, in the uh, Lindora Carrasco deal has been really hitting well in, in Arizona. So, uh, yeah, he, he, and Joe, they're playing every day they play. It's like 102 degrees when they first pitch. <laughs> those guys are earning their money. Those poor uh, guys. I'm surprised that is, is it 110 degrees at night? They should be playing those games under lights. Every one of they're them. They're playing. I think they start them at six o'clock. Oh my goodness. That's, it's, uh, it's that's still intense. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, you know, one of the other uh, things that sort of came up this week uh, regarding the Indians and regarding the future of the team and the future of ownership and just the future of uh, their situation in the city of Cleveland. Uh, the idea that the Indians might be exploring uh, the possibility of adding minor uh, minority investors uh, along with the Dolans 
you know, I, I know you spoke to to the team. You spoke to uh, somebody there. What was the, what's the latest that you're hearing uh, about the prospects of bringing in a minority investor? Well, uh, Paul Dolan has always been looking for uh, minority investors, especially since John uh, Sherman left to buy the uh, the Royals. So, um, but right now, I, I, from what I heard, there there are uh, you know a number of suitors uh, that are you know talking to Dolan is talking to them about you know possibly uh, purchasing a share of the team. You know, you still have to uh, you still have Sherman's you know a part of the ball the ball club in a trust. So you know that has to be handled before any uh, any you know deal can be uh, reached. I would uh, you know so they, ha- they have to deal with that first, but. You know, the, the ball club, uh, you know, I think uh, really needs a minority owner. You know, they, they were, we saw what, what, what happened when uh, Sherman bought into the club. They were able to sign guys like <clears throat> Edwin and Encarnacion, that infusion of cash. And we've seen what's happened since he's left, you know, with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Right. And that sort of, that infusion of cash helped them Bumped the, uh, the payroll up. I think it was 157 million was as high as it went. So about 135 million, I think. About 135 million. Okay. Uh, they were able to sign Encarnacion to the the biggest contract in team history. Uh, I I just is there a path for a minority investor to someday be a, become a new owner with the team? Is that sort of the way that that you see things shaking out with the Dolans? Do they want to yeah, get I think out? Very from- much so. Uh, you know, Sherman was in line to to buy the majority a majority share of uh, of the Indians when he when he you know the the uh, Royals came up for sale. You know they that happened to be his hometown, uh, but uh, you know the plan was for Sherman uh, for Sherman to you know buy a majority of the Indians. Uh, that didn't work, and uh, so I, I would think any minority owner, if you come in to a situation like this, your eye is going to be on. Uh, you know, to uh, eventually, uh, you know, control the ball club. Now, I, I don't think the Dolan family would ever completely sell out or maybe, you know, but, uh, you know, if, if I think those guys, you know, people that, that buy into uh, a team, a big league ball club, you know, they're used to running their own uh, corporations. They're used to being the boss. And uh, I don't think you just want to, uh, you know, buy a minority share and, uh have good seats and get, get autographs and, uh, you know, free food at the ball game. I think you're in it for more than that. Right. You're not necessarily, I mean, you talk about the Haslam's with the Browns the same way, you know, you're not, you're not just there to uh, sort of here, here's my money, use it to, to make your team better. It's, you know, eventually you want that investment to, to come full circle and, and come back to you as, as ownership of the team. Uh, what we're hearing, uh, one of the names that we're hearing, uh, out there is Stanley Middleman, who's the CEO of Freedom Mortgage. Uh, so it would be another uh, mortgage uh, CEO, uh, much like Dan Gilbert uh, from Rocket Mortgage, the uh, the owner of the Cavaliers, uh, as a possibility. Now, I don't know how far along talks are or if there have been talks or if that's a, a guy who's the, the number one candidate, but he's pretty much the only name that we've seen out there in terms of guys who are, you know, potential suitors for this role. Yeah. The, you know, the athletic, uh, you know, uncovered that nugget. They, they, they uh, wrote, you know, a story about the the Indians, you know, the situation with the Indians right now, uh, you know, kind of being at the crossroads with the lease and, 
and uh, you know, minority owner, name change, all that stuff. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and for the name to come out, that's, that's rare when you're dealing with the Dolan. So, you you know, got... so I, I would think that that's a pretty, uh, you know, Dave, at least they, they, uh, Paul Dolan and, and this guy know each other by first name, I would think. But, you know, from what I've heard, there, there are other suitors. There are other people out there. You know, the Indians have, the, the Dolans bought the Indians for, what, $323 million back in 1990. The ball club is worth now $1.5, billion, uh, you know, according to Forbes. Now, that's, that's easy for the magazine to say, but I guess a ball club is worth what, what you can sell for, you know, what you sell it for. I don't know if it's, if it's worth a billion, but the Royals sold, you know, John Sherman uh, bought the uh, Royals for over, just over a billion. So, you know, I, I would think uh, you know, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, you got to think the Indians are worth at least as much as what uh, what Sherman paid for the Royals. So, uh, yeah, again, it, it'll be interesting to follow the developments here, you know, and as that also converges with the, the name change and the rebranding of the team, uh, also, you know, in the in the next couple of months and in, in the future, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that as well. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Well, last night, the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game festivities, uh, sort of one of the high points, the, uh, the, the, the marquee jewel events of that, that All-Star Week is the Home Run Derby. Uh, and it, was a, it, it had all the makings. You had uh, thin air in Colorado and juiced baseballs and, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest sluggers in the game. And the biggest name in the game right now, Shohei Otani, uh, being the sort of the uh, the anchor of that event. And Paul, what happened? Shohei Otani, they, he put on a show. He 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 looked like he was so gassed by the end of that um, first round that it it just I, I it, it should have surprised no one that he did not advance. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just saw how hard it is in that event. I mean, he was that was that was max effort, man. And uh, you know, I I was I mean, and the poor guy was like he was he was sucking wind at the end of each when he took a timeout. He was bent over in half like he had just run ten miles. I mean, it, it, and you know, the, the thing was, I think you know, on TV they were saying he was trying to pull everything. I think he, you know, that that may have hurt him uh, because uh, you know. I just, uh, it, it was fun though. It was fun to watch. And, uh, and this guy's going to start the all-star game on the mound tonight, Joe. I mean, that blows my mind, man. Right. Well, and I, I, I wonder what we're going to see out of him as a pitcher in that game after expending all that energy that yeah. he was hitting laser beams to right field. They were all just line drive base hits. I mean, and for a lot of guys, you enter the, uh, the home run derby and, it sort of messes with your swing or, or whatever. Uh, Juan Soto, the guy that knocked him off in the, in the first round, uh, you know, he was, he was hitting balls to left center as well. So I, I thought that was interesting that Otani's approach wasn't, uh, you know, necessarily the, the same as everybody else's and, and it didn't work out for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, the, your pitcher is so important in that. Yeah, you know, and it looked like Otani and the pitcher. I don't know if they were on the same page, or 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 not. But if your BP pitcher, he's critical. And you saw uh, Pete Alonso and and his BP guy. I mean, they were they were like one. You know, so that was that was interesting. And you know, Alonso, the polar bear, defends his title like he he wanted in Cleveland, and he's still hitting home runs. He, and he's so serious about it. You know, this is like a science to him. Well, and he was so serious about it. And then afterwards he declared himself the, uh, the best power hitter in baseball. I, I think, I think there was, there was a little tongue in cheek with that uh, kind of, but, but really not. I mean, this is a guy who has come out here now twice and made it look like a sporting event. He, he really did show athleticism in, in driving the ball. It was, it, Really beautiful to watch some of his swings uh, from that that sort of side camera angle. A lot of fun to see uh, the way he was able to put a charge into the ball. And you can't forget uh, Trey Mancini, uh, the effort that he put up. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who a year ago, two years ago, you know, didn't know if he'd ever be playing baseball again. Yeah, he had colon cancer, and and his his swing, Joe Mancini's swing, nice, so loose and fluid, you know, and he, the ball just jumps off his bat. You know, I didn't, and I didn't think he was that big either. But he, he's, you know, he's just as big as uh, uh, Alonzo, or maybe a little taller than him. And you know, he 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 put a good number out there for Alonzo to to have to chase down in in the final round. But I really liked his swing. That kind of when you compared it to uh, Otani, you know, Otani was max effort, and uh, Trey Mancini just had that nice loose power, you know, just kind of bang, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to tell, you know, Mancini was the one who, you know, just recently overcome colon cancer, by the way, his, his effort didn't look as, as, you know, as stressful as Otani with the weight of an entire country on his shoulders, yeah, sort of standing up there at the plate. I think Otani might've been feeling a little heat there. Yeah. Just, just a bit. Um, <laughs> that's one thing I, I don't think Babe Ruth ever it was ever bothered by that. So we'll have to, you know, if you're going to be Babe Ruth, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad. You gotta, you, you gotta take that adulation. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, the, the home run derby goes off. Uh, they, they announced the starting lineups. Otani's going to bat first. 
and <laughs> pitch as well. He's going to bat leadoff. I mean, <laughs> it, what, what did you think of the uh, the lineup announcement and the starting pitchers? That it's going to be Otani versus Scherzer, but it's Scherzer versus Otani in the box. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I I love it. I think this is this is great for baseball. It's uh, you know, it's it's kind of given given uh, a, a new uh, uh, jolt of energy to the All Star game, and uh, it, I think it's it it's fun. You know, the baseball kind of showed it could change its, the rules. It has a little bit of an imagination, and and it always has at the All Star game. You know, but it, it's it, it's really it's kind of a fun thing to see. That, that really is sort of the theme of, of it is sort of being willing to change with the times and, and adapt. And, uh, you know, it, it's good for the game. Great. Let's, let's see how it goes tonight. Looking forward to, to watching that. Uh, we, we, we were discussing before we came on the podcast just about power hitters and Pete Alonzo declaring himself the greatest power hitter in baseball right now. Who do you think is the best power hitter in baseball, Lincoln? Wow. You know, that's a great question. Joe, you know, I, I, you know, just, you know, pure power, you know, I guess, uh, you know, you know, is it, is it, uh, oh man, who's the guy in, uh, in the DH and the Yankees Stanton is Stanton oh. a pure that to me, that's a pure power hitter right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got to include Aaron judge as well. Aaron judge. Aaron judge yeah. That was the other guy I was thinking of yeah. starting at DH and or starting in the cleanup for the American <laughs> league in the, in the all-star game. Uh, you can certainly include Otani in there, but I think he's got a little bit more to prove. Uh, Vlad Guerrero jr. Right now, certainly by the numbers is the guy who jumps off the page. Uh, every kind of power hitting number, every kind of metric that there is, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is at the top of the game in. And, you know, to, you know, back in 2019, when he first made his debut and MLB just sort of went over the top with it's, it's Vlad Guerrero's first hit. It's his first game. It's his first this and that. And I just sort of, I, I think along with a lot of people, I got kind of got a little burned out by the idea of, you know, every time this guy sneezes on a baseball field, we've got to make a big deal about it. But now I kind of see why. And you kind of realize everything he's doing right now is appointment television. It's, it's something you, you, you want to be viewing. Yeah. And I think, you know, it took him some time to, I think, just to settle in, you know, shake that hype off. You know, he, he spent the, the winter getting in shape. What did he lose? 30 pounds, Joe, uh, you know, th- this past winter. Uh, you know, he, he made the move from third to first base, I think, I think, right. Yeah. He's going yeah. first and uh, without complaint, I think he settled in there and you're just seeing the baseball player right now, you know, you're just seeing, and he is a big dude, man. Mm-hmm. He is, he is, he is enormous. I mean, he's lost, but he, he's just a big, big guy. His dad, I, I is, love, he might be bigger than his dad. I don't know if he's taller than his dad, but I, I not, love the, the side by side videos that they do. Of, of their swings, just the same follow through and the same. I, I, I love those. So yeah, I, I sort of, at the time I was sort of burned out on the, uh, the, the Vladi overkill. Now I kind of get it. I see, I, I understand why. But I think, you know, it might've, you know, I think, you know, he just had to be, become a ball player. You know, you just had to get past that, that stage where, you know, everything you do is news and then you just settle in and you just play. All right. Well, 
Moinsey. Everything you do and say is news to me. So i uh, <laughs> be looking forward to uh, analysis of tonight's game. Uh, Jose Ramirez, of course, going to make an appearance for the Indians at some point uh, for the American League. And we will follow up and, and uh, break down what happened to Jose on tomorrow's Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 